morning and welcome to Bite Size. My name is Yoni Pollock, and I am your host on Wednesdays from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern right here at the Nahum Seal Network. You know this uh, this song we play on the open is, is Wave and Flag, and it actually comes from, uh, I mean, it's, it's a Canaan song from like years ago. It was actually a song. There's a variation of the song Wave and Flag, the original one. Uh, that I was obsessed with in high school, one of my friends kind of showed it to me, and I and I loved it. And then what what this song is? It's a variation of it from I think the 2010 World Cup. I guess I'll leave it up here a bit. Um, and that's where it, you know became very popular. This song. So and I love this song also. So when I uh, you know had to choose a theme song for the show, I was like, I got to choose this, and it's a nice tune, and uh, people like it. But it, it just I was thinking about it because the World Cup. Of 2018 is starting in, uh, I think it's next week or in two weeks. USA, America, not in it. I think I'm going to be rooting for Iceland. And I went there last summer. They're an underdog, a small country. I think I'm going to be rooting for them. They got some cool chants. Those Viking Nordic chants. So, uh, anyway. That was just a quick thought. Listening to this tune and whatnot. And the World Cup coming up. And I'm a little sad America's not in it because it's fun to root for them. The summer gives you something uh, exciting going on, alas. America couldn't pull through when it mattered. All right, what did I want to actually talk about? I mean, not that that's not important. Just uh, the opener usually comes with something else. And uh, <clears throat> I realized I don't think I ever, uh, in, I don't think I ever recapped my, uh, my visit to jury duty. Almost two weeks ago now, I, I had jury duty on a Thursday, um, not last Thursday, two Thursdays ago. And they said when you got there, just you have to make yourself available for Thursday, Friday, and then it would have been Tuesday because Memorial Day was a federal holiday. So, um, so it would have been Tuesday, and I was just like, okay, I'll do it. Like I'm just hoping I get out early um, on the one, first day because okay, Thursday I could do Friday. I work from home already, so having to go all the way downtown for jury duty would have just been really annoying. It would have been fine, you know, work wise, but it just would have been extremely annoying on a Friday. And then Tuesday it would have been, you know, last week is a rough week just with the with the parade a few days away. Talking about last week, uh, it makes for a hectic week, so I did not want to miss Tuesday. So I get there on Thursday. And it's all types of people. We all show up, and everyone's just kind of like sort of dreading it and whatnot. I think there were 67 of us there. And for some, I don't know why I had, you know, I had a few friends that have done it early, and they said, you have to be prepared to just wait, you know, in a line. And, and, and I was like, okay, like whatever, fine. Just, you know, bring a book, bring a whatever. I brought my laptop, brought my phone. Um, after like literally 20 minutes of waiting and, you know, we, we were sitting down and then we had to wait in a line just to, to pick up some forms and fill it out. Afterwards, I was just literally just sitting the whole time and they tell you uh, it could be a busy day. It could be nothing day and we'll send everyone home. We just don't know. It depends what happens in the early f- first few hours if there's a case. There was one case, I think, early on where only like 10 people. It, it was interesting because usually they, they, they take about 35 of you and, and interview you and see if they want you on the case. This one, they kind of opened it up to everyone. It was going to be a three-week case. <clears throat> and after the pitch, I was kind of just like, and I won't go into the details, A, because I'm not sure if I'm allowed to. Um, and they say three-week case. And then so 10 people volunteered. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, do 10 people, like these 10 people, do they do they not have a job? Are they Do they hate their job so much or they're just willing to miss three weeks for it? They're like, heck yeah, like get, get me out of work, I get paid. Like, let me just let me just do this for three weeks, too bad. So sad to my, to my boss. I, I was just very confused by it, but they got 10 people, shockingly to me. 
And then at about, you know, lunch is from 1 to 2, and at 12 o'clock, the guy's like, all right, take an early lunch, take two hours. We don't have anything for the rest of the morning. We're all like, sweet, great, we bounce. Everyone does their own thing. 2 o'clock, we get back, and there's another case. So at that point, they're, they're, they're picking about 37 people, I think it was, randomly out of a hat, literally, or out of like some, some sort of bingo type thing. And I, I don't know if I want my name heard there or if I don't. Like, I have no idea how this process works. Maybe, like, I'm thinking if I get my name heard, then they interview me. And then, you know, I say something that they don't want to hear from me. Then that's it. They say no. And then hopefully they send me home. Like, that was my thought process going into it. So I was kind of, like, hoping to hear my name. And then I didn't. So I was like, all right, cool, whatever. I uh, sit down. Kind of, we, we sit there for, like, 30 minutes. The other people go into another room. Then the guy gets on the speakerphone. It's about two thirty, three ish, and he goes, "Okay, guys, I've I've got some news for you. You're all dismissed." And 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 to hear like the cheers in the room is so funny. Everyone's like, "He's like, guys, it's simple. Just just take this piece of paper and walk. I'm gonna call your name. Take this piece of paper and walk out." And everyone's like, got questions like, "Are you sure we don't have to fill this out? Fill that?" He's like, "No, just take this piece of paper, and I'm not seeing you for six years." <laughs> so like, it's just it, it was just the 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 smiles in the room and the laughter and the. The cheering when, when he announced that it was just kind of like funny to see. I mean, me, yeah, I was like, yeah, sweet. Done for the day. Done. No jury duty for six years. But I, I mean, I, I honestly was kind of looking forward to it. I think it'd be kind of fun. But there goes my civic duty for the next six years. I'm still trying to figure out how the heck they found me in New York because I don't have a New York license. And that's what everyone thinks. It, it must be because I pay taxes. That's my only guess. I'm on a lease. But. Definitely do not have a New York license. And, when, and people are like, why don't you just get a New York driver's license? I'm like, who, who, what out-of-towner goes to New York and says, I want a New York license? No. You stick true to my Texas license. And whenever I need to show my ID to someone, they're like, Texas, Texas. I'm just like, yeah, I'm from Texas. I, like, why is this crazy? You're, you, you are a whatever it is. You're looking for my ID and you live in New York. Like, do you expect everyone to have a New York license? There's millions of people here. Every single person's got No. I mean, most of my, I got my Florida friends with their Florida licenses. I got my Chicago friends with their Illinois licenses. I got my Texas. I got my Ohio friends with their Ohio li- Like, none of us want to give that up. No one wants to be associated with New York. Sorry, buds. Sorry, guys. Anyway, that's that for this morning. All right, this week we have two interviews. We have Joanna Shepson's interview with Shahar Schwartz, the owner of Perfunic. That'll be at... 9.30 a.m. At 10 a.m., it'll be Toba Connect's interview with Mickey Lavin-Pell. That'll, she is a marriage therapist and relationship coach. That's at 10 a.m. Eastern, and then we'll have plenty more music throughout the rest of the show. And the segment that has no name with Miriam Alwala comes up when this show's about to end, so 10.50 or so. But with that, plenty of more music, and we start things off with one thing and one thing only. Mahapecha, Shel Simchana, Wednesday. It's June, it's summertime on Bite Size, right here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Hey, 
שמעתי שהתחלתם בלעדיי, אף אחד לא עושה את זה יותר טוב ממני, היי, הראש כבר מסתובב כולם בהיי, לא נעצור עד שכולכם מג'נונים. Oh, we say mitzvah, chas kitano b'simcho 
Noite, noite, noite 
bottom of the hour back here on Bite Size, and it's time for Joanna Shepson's interview with Shahar Schwartz, the owner of Perfunic, right here on Bite Size at the Nachum Siegel Network. Thank you, Yoni. So today I'm down in the center of town in Jerusalem in a really unique store called Perfunic. And uh, we're going to be talking to Shachar Schwartz, who's the owner of the store. And he's going to tell us a bit about workshops and why this should be one of the things listed on your itineraries next time you come to Jerusalem. Hi, Shachar. How are you? I'm great. Thank you very much. Good morning. Good morning. So tell us a little bit about your shop and what type of workshops people do here. Okay, so um, this entire concept is about uh, making personal design perfume. And what we do over here is we're taking the person and put it in the middle, and we are designing the perfume from scratch, from nothing, uh, upon the personality and the character of each one until we get to the final and personal perfume. Do, do people walk here in, in here knowing what their character is, what their personality is for the perfume? Oh, no. Well, most of the people, uh, it's about 90% of the people don't really know what exactly uh, they, uh, they sent it's going to be. It's all going to be a, a surprise. Um, we are not focusing on something that people are using uh, every day or they are wearing every day. What we do is we're taking the person and we know by statistic um, how to convert the questions or the answers which has nothing to do with the perfume, um, into blend of essential oil uh, that covers 99% of the personality and creates something, a blend of uh, essential oil that represents the personality of each one. That's so cool. As I sit here in your store, I see hundreds of different scents. I, I see the essential oils and smells and, and different things. So what do you start with? What's the base? Okay, there is no base. The base is the person that sits in front of me. Um, we are currently using about 900 and something type of essential oil. All the essential oil are coming from the uh, high-end places in the world. There is no one place that we are sourcing the essential oil. We are uh, sourcing the essential oil, each one in an individual country. Um, and what we do is uh, we're starting uh, the process by understanding the personality and the character of each one, including the name of each one, including the color of each one that he likes. And we know by, the, um, by a large, um, uh, sorry, uh, a large survey we made uh, a few years ago that there is a very strong connection between the answers and the type of the essential oil. I love that. That's such, that's so cool. But are there are there like four different um, types of people out there? Like, is there something like you know the different earth and water and or does that not come into this? Okay, so we consider a person as a unique uh, individual, and each one is different. But what we saw about with this survey that we made is most of the people gets into seven different groups which are considered to be uh, ground people, um, ozone people, uh, fruit people, um, uh, flower people, spicy people, flame people, and water people. Now, I'll tell you right now, I'm a fruit person, I think. But, okay, let's continue. Oh, okay. so, <laughs> so just so you know, the fruit people are most of them, most of them, it's more, more than 90% of them, are nostalgic people. 
people who are lean into the back, they like the, the, the past, they always say they used to make something good, uh, but, but you know, uh, it's a blend, it's not just one thing. So a person can be a very nostalgic and a very romantic, but in a way he's going to be very uh, home person, so we're taking a little bit of this and a little bit of there, and we just blending together. And everything is about the, uh, per, to put the person in the in the center. Customizing it. And are these just for women, or they're also scents for men? No, I have to tell you that uh, no, it's not for women, not for men. When you come into this store, there is no divi- uh, we, not division. Take, no, there's no division between men and women. Uh, our uh, um, our most um, senior customer is 98 years old and our youngest is four and a half years old so everybody's welcome and why would you have a kashrut certificate um some groups uh things that needs to be kosher interesting we are using the high-end uh essential oil uh the alcohol is coming from south africa under the supervision of uh, rabbi rapaport over there and it has a kosher certificate, even for Passover. Wow. Amazing. And I know that through Fun in Jerusalem, we've sent you some groups that are like bat mitzvah groups. It's a great activity to bring your, your bat mitzvah child and their friends. That is correct. Uh, some people just consider this workshop as something which is fun and unique. And what we do is we're taking a group and we are focusing in a group. And instead of calling it my own perfume, we call it my group perfume, which is very nice. Uh, everybody gets to have the, the perfume, which is it's a group now. And when people, when people start a workshop, they can choose what size they want to make of their perfume. Absolutely. We're having uh, uh, four types of sizes, uh, starting from 50 ml, 15 ml, 30 ml, 50 ml, 100 ml. We, are, we know uh, from the beginning that some people are taking it uh, abroad on the airplane, so we are um, standing inside the regulation that all the airplane uh, companies uh, are. Right. Okay, and then also a lot of the listeners to this radio show are actually based in the New York area. So tell them a little bit, a little trick or tip about how they can find you there. Okay, so currently we are uh, planning in uh, Manhattan. It's going to be, we started over there, uh, but we are going to enlarge everything. Uh, Which area is it in Manhattan? Well, it used to it, it used to be on the 38th Street, um, but uh, we are focusing now on Williamsburg and uh, um, Park Slope in Brooklyn, and we sure hope for, uh, within the next month or two everything is going to be established over there, and everybody's welcome. Great. So you could be sure that as soon as they open their new shop, we'll send we'll put up pictures and send out information um, to give everyone the address. And the store in Jerusalem is located right near Mamela. Um, it's actually next door to Kafit. On is this Shlomtion Amalka? No, uh, Shlomtion uh, is, is the next street. That's uh, Ben Sira. On Ben Sira twenty four, and uh, you're invited to to email Shachar. You can email him at p e r f u n i q perfunic at funinjerusalem dot com. And uh, now I'm going to stay here and, and concoct my own perfume and see what uh, personality traits show up in the scent that I choose. Thank you so much. Now back to you, Yoni. Thank you, Joanna, and thank you, Shahar Schwartz. You can contact Joanna at funinjerusalem.com. Find her on Facebook, Fun in Jerusalem, on Instagram, Fun in Jerusalem. You know, I came across this thing. I, I you know, Obviously, I, I follow them. 
um, and follow her on Fun in Jerusalem. And, and I see this thing for a uh, scavenger hunt coming up next week, and I'm just like, oh, I wish I was there for that because I, I I'm a sucker for scavenger hunts. I like those things, um, you know, with the riddles and the trying to find whatever it is. Um, and I'm just like, shoot, I want that. I want to be a part of that, but I'm here. I can't. One of my friends actually, um, NYU when we were in NYU, he 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 loves designing scavenger hunts, and it was like a random like Monday or whatever, and he just designed one across like the library NYU campus. It was a ton of fun. I'm not I'm not even kidding. Like I like this stuff anyway. This uh this scavenger hunt for the old city scavenger hunt, I think it's for Tuesday June 12th. So if if you're interested, it might be too late. I'm not sure, but scavenger at funinjerusalem.com. Contact or you know PM DM. Joanna, Fun in Jerusalem on Facebook, Fun in Jerusalem on Instagram, and funinjerusalem.com. Plenty more coming up again. Tova Connects interview at 10 a.m. and the segment that has no name at about 10.50 or so. But for now, plenty more music right here on Bite Size at the Nahum Siegel Network. Mashiach will come take over You ain't gotta be me or see what I see All you gotta do is take a look forward Lift up your eye to the sky Spread out your hands, say thank you, smile Get them up, put them up, leave them up, ha ha Yeah, yeah, pump up the value every day Stand in place, heart racing, no words to say Pressure building, trying to hold my face Mind drifting like not today Wake up from everything Break out your shell and scream Ha, Shim, you're the king Ha, Shim, you're the king Hashem Eleh, Hashem Alach, Hashem Imloch, Le'olam Va'em. Hashem Eleh, Hashem Alach, Hashem Imloch. Hashem Eleh, Hashem Alach, Hashem Sacrifice, yeah, put a 
Elohim, 
ישלח לי את הנס, ישלח לי את הנס של
Two here on Bite Size, one hour down, one hour to go. And it's time for Tova Connect's interview with Mickey Lavin Pell, the, a marriage therapist and relationship coach. You'll hear from her right now, right here on Bite Size at the Nahum Seal Network. Thank you, Yoni. I'm sitting in the beautiful Jerusalem in the town of Baca in a beautiful new home office of Mickey Lavin Pell, 
Welcome to the show. I would Thank love, you. I would love to tell the audience who you are. You do such incredible things in Israel for Olympics. And also Israelis. And Israelis. So yes. And people all around the world. I work, I work with people all over the world, which is also exciting. Okay, amazing. Yeah. So um, before we get into how you're helping all these people around mm-hmm. the world, um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Where are you from? Sure. Um, I'm originally from New York, so I'm a, a long-time listener of JM and the AM. Oh. Hi, Natham. <laughs> And I met my husband in, um, in uh, 1999, and he happens to be from London, and he was doing his postdoc, and um, basically we wanted to make Aliyah when we first got married, but um, the, intifa- the second intifada started, he couldn't find any work uh-huh. um, in his particular field, and I decided to completely change my field. I used to be a nutritionist. Wow. Um, I studied nutrition and public health at Columbia, and okay. I really love the whole prevention focus. Um, and I was also living on the Upper West Side, yeah. and um, lots of people were talking to me about their relationships, and I said, you know, maybe it's time, now that I'm getting married, to learn about relationships, because I want to do a good job of my own. And that's so cute. Yeah. And, um, and so because my husband actually, he was doing a postdoc, and we had to leave New York, and we didn't want to move to Israel, we weren't ready to move to Israel because the intifada had started. Um, so we found a, he found some work in Australia, and we Australia. moved to Australia. That's yes. a big change from New York and England. Absolutely, yes. Wow. Yes, it was the best thing ever. It was supposed to be a one-year experience that turned into seven. Wow. And there I completely requalified. I studied marriage and family therapy and relationship counseling, and I opened up a private practice after working in several small-town areas um, all around Victoria. I work with the most poverty-stricken people in the world, and I was working with really? people... Yeah, and I was working with people who'd been married for a very, very long time and who couldn't remember why they ever married each other. And I said, why the heck am I, you know, it was just like, it was just so much hard work to help people even just try to remember why they loved each other, if they loved each other, if they had ever loved each other. I said, you know, I'd rather work with people. Before. Before, right, and prevent problems down the track. Right. And that's exactly what I started to do. And I started um, a private practice there. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful little area in Melbourne. And um, so I just started working with a lot of people who were struggling to get into relationships. Just that's what started coming my way. I was working with uh, very young people early on in relationships. And I studied this program called the Prepare and Rich Program. Uh-huh. Uh, and it's a program that was created by Dr. David Olson. And he's a professor at the University of Minnesota, I believe. Okay. And he researched for 25, 35 years, couples from all over the world. He looked at the different key areas that um, are going to predispose people to having strife and conflict in the relationship. And so I then started using that tool that he then created called the Couples Checkup. Okay. Um, I used that to help couples who, were, who had already found somebody. But I really got very interested in helping people who couldn't even commit to a relationship or who... Um, we're struggling at all the different stages, you know, dating, getting into a relationship, and then getting engaged, and then pro- prog- progressing into marriage. Okay, so from Australia. Yes. How did you get to Israel? Well, that's an interesting one. So we got pretty comfortable down there. We had our three kids, and we really loved living there. It was a really warm, loving community. Yeah. But we always said we wanted to make Aliyah, and, um, you know, even though uh, Australia was, was so much fun, we just said, you know, this can't last forever. <laughs> and we were so far away from our parents and our families. We really missed them. And Had was, you traveled back and forth? In a little bit, but it was so, it's so expensive and it's so difficult. Oh, with so many, you know, with children and the hours. And it, 
it just it was it was crazy. So we said, yeah. look, we gotta we gotta move a little bit closer to them. Let's let's make Aliyah. So when I was pregnant with my third child, uh, we said, okay, let's do it. And every night we would sit and we would talk about the pros and the cons, and we were really on the same page in terms of the fact that we both really loved Australia, and we really enjoyed our experience yeah. there. But we that we it was time for us to go. But it was it was really really we were equally pained about the whole advent of, of leaving. Wow, no, it's good, yeah. good to be on the same page. And yeah. on the same page to move to Israel is yeah. definitely uh, yeah. a good page to be on. Yeah, and we went with such a negative attitude. We were like, it probably will be terrible. It'll probably be awful. We are not moving to the Golden of Medina. We were thinking, yeah. this is going to be the hardest thing we've ever done. And it, it was, but certain things were harder, certain things were easier, certain things were more surprising than others. Like we thought careers would be the hardest part, and that wasn't. It was probably um, acclimating our children, uh -huh. which we were so su surprised about because our eldest was four at the time. Yeah. And we thought, oh, you know, he's so young, he'll just, you know, he'll just bounce right back and he'll be fine. And he had really good friends. Wow. And it was so hard. Yeah. yeah but he, now you're living in Yerushalayim. Yes. And I've been to your home and your Thank kids you. all look very well acclimated to Israeli yeah. life. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God for great therapy. But no, I, the, the, the main thing, I mean, my, my eldest, I'll share with you, um, he developed something called selective mutism. He didn't speak. He was so angry. Really? <laughs> he literally oh. didn't. He refused to speak to anybody. He spoke to us. But he refused to speak to anybody who wouldn't speak to him in English. And he refused oh. to learn the language. And we kept on contacting Nafish Benafish and saying, you know, we need help. We need help. Oh, don't worry. Hanukkah, he'll be speaking. Purim, Pesach, Shavuos. And then it and, and next thing you knew, this kid just, you know, didn't want to do it. And we sent him to something called Gan Safa. Uh-huh. And uh, where they learn language. Right, yeah. Language-based. All, yeah. all different kids who have different language issues. Yeah. And he just picked it up. Uh, you know, I, I'm saying it very simply now. It really took a very long time and tremendous amount of effort right. and therapies and all sorts of things in and outside of the gun. Um, but thank God, eventually he realized that he was not going to force us back to Australia, that we were going we to stay he's here. He's going to live in Israel. He's exactly. Happy, he's happy living here now. Yeah, now it's, now it's a struggle to get him to read in English. <laughs> Now he reverse That's read in so Hebrew. Funny. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. Um, okay, and I just want to make a point because you are so amazing on radio. Thank you. You must have some background in it. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. Actually, it's funny when I was in Australia, I did the show. Um, it was called um, The Shtick, and I was the marriage oh. therapist on it. was a television show called The Shtick. Unfortunately, it's not around anymore because they didn't get enough funding and they, you know, had such a small target audience. Yeah. So I did that for a little bit. And then I, yeah, and I've, I've done other different radio things that unfortunately no longer exist. Yeah. But more recently, I've got a podcast on the Jewish Coffee House, jewishcoffeehouse.com. It's a, it's a website. Yeah. It's called Real Relationships. And I co-host it with a really good friend of mine who's also, who happens to be a comedian. Her name is Molly Livingstone. Yes. So we have a great time with that, and we and your focus is is um, really all aspects of relationships, but really mostly focusing on helping people in their twenties and early thirties get into a relationship and overcome whatever barriers there might be in getting into a relationship. So we talk about all different aspects of that. Okay, so you work with a lot of singles, mm -hmm. so you must have some tips that you uh, yeah could offer them. Yeah. So the main things that I've noticed um, that are really helpful for people is really becoming aware of your family background, your family of origin. Mostly there's this concept called attachment theory, uh, which is something that was discovered. Uh, it's a, a theory that was created by Dr. John Bowlby, who's a psychiatrist from the 1950s. 
and he said that the way that we connect with, what our, with what's called our primary caregivers is how we're going to connect with our, with our, uh, our loved one, uh-huh. with, our, with our main loved one, with our main partner in life. Yeah. And so if we had a secure attachment, um, it usually will be easier for us to get into a relationship if we had a less of a secure attachment. There's different types of attachments um, that will be harder. And so we need to really be aware and understand and heal that sort of stuff that we had with our primary caregivers, or mostly our, parent, our parents, our grandparents, even our nannies if we had, um, which was how he actually discovered it because he had a nanny that left when he was two years old. He was uh, born to aristocracy. And um, so when we heal those sorts of relationships, um, then we're going to be more likely to be able to create new ones that will be healthy. Uh-huh. And also just understanding our own parents' relationship and the dynamic that they created and knowing really clearly uh, what worked for us and what didn't work for us and the kinds of dynamic that we want to create. Because lots of times people just say, oh, I'll just know it when I see it, or um, I'm just going to do something different to how my parents did it. But I'm not really sure, but they don't really get really clear on what it is that they want to be different. And then they end up, end up recreating the same kind of pattern or relationship that their parents had as well. Uh-huh. And that gets them into a little bit of a mess because they end up inviting people into their lives that aren't necessarily good for them. Right. Wow. So, and through your therapy, yes. they're able to help figure this out. Yes, exactly. So, and then we sort of get into understanding more about what their needs are in a relationship. And they look at um, why do they attract certain people and what it is that makes them excited about certain people who aren't necessarily so good for them or why they're not attracting people at all and what it is that's shut down inside of them because lots of times people have experienced all sorts of traumas that then they create meaning around and yeah. then those sorts of uh, meanings that they create then get sort of lodged into themselves and they sort of start to believe that maybe they're not lovable or maybe they're not worthy of love or maybe... Um, they shouldn't be in a relationship because they're not capable of it or maybe they should just focus on their careers because that's easier, it's less um, energy intensive in that way. Wow. So yeah, so we explore all those different things. Okay, yeah. so your therapy definitely pinpoints specific people, but then mm-hmm. you're really also helping the general population, something mm-hmm. that a lot of people probably don't know because it's a private group. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a group on Facebook called Points of Contact, mm-hmm. and it's not Shadchanim, it's not people that are trained necessarily in making Shadduchim, right. uh, it's just people that want to help, people that know a lot of single people that are constantly trying to uh, help find matches for people. That's right. So how did that evolve? Well, um, lots of people automatically assume that because I work with singles, I must be a shotgun, which is the furthest thing from the truth because um, there's a real conflict of interest. I mean, I know so many private, personal things about people that if I had to set people up, then I would be really torn between what do I say, what do I don't say. I know all the medications that people are on. I know all the history that people have been through. And not everybody needs to share that history with everybody. And they shouldn't, <laughs> quite frankly. Yeah. And um, people might ask me questions about people. And then I'd be like, well, I ha- I'm bound by confidentiality. I can't share these things with you. So I-, I was really torn for a while about how to deal with this. And then um, this lovely woman named Sippy Shekhet, yeah. she approached me. And she said, look, you know, I really want to help help singles and she happens to have a few um children who who were in the parsha as well yeah at the time and still are some of them and so she she happens to be from um from like the the, cent- the center of of israel okay and she basically has been trying to get a whole bunch of 
you know, lovely people from all over the country who want to represent singles, whether it be, whether it be their children, their grandchildren, their nieces, their nephews, their friends, neighbors. whoever, neighbors, whoever it might be. Um, and she just gets them on board, and, and then everybody posts. There's a whole way, a method, yeah. in which they, they're on a database, and then they post, and, and then everyone sort of looks at the people that are posted and the information that's there, and then they sort of contact, and they make contact with each other, and, and it's a really lovely, well-meeting group. And, uh, that's and, fantastic. Yeah, and then we shared, you know, different tips and different struggles that, you know, people are having in terms of trying to get people together. I'll put on little polls every once in a while, like, what's the most difficult thing that you have in terms of, you know, getting people together? And, yeah. and I try to sort of help people through it. And I think it's a really important thing to have someone who is outside of the group who's not actually actively setting people up, but just sort of there as a... Yeah, but so if, if someone's listening now that is in the single part yeah. That is listening to this right now. Yeah. They could contact you. Yeah. And present themselves to you so that yes. you could hopefully present themselves in this points of contact. Group. Yes, I could funnel them through. And especially if you have somebody who can represent you, that's even more. That's, that's even, even more helpful. Even yeah. Better if they know them personally. Yeah. 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 Wow. Absolutely. And as if you weren't busy enough, you're yes. also definitely helping uh, Olim in general. But yeah. How, what are some tips that you have for Olim, or how are you helping Olim? So basically, um, I mean, through the blogs that I wrote and the, and the different uh, video things that I do, yeah. um, I, uh, so, so some of the tips that I offer, Olim, are basically if you're coming from Israel and you're thinking that you're just going to land here and everyone's going to say, oh, there's a new boy, new girl in town, let's go set her up. You can't, you can't think that way because there are so many people out there. So what you need to really do is you need to come with a really good sense of self and put yourself out there and... Um, you know, definitely make a lot of friends, get yourself a nice chevra, but also realize that just because you have your 5, 10, 15 friends, that's not everybody. And then there's a whole wide world out there. And um, lots of people feel that they've, that the whole Aliyah process has been so difficult for them. So they kind of land here and they get stuck in, in whatever little world that they have their little bubbles. And they do that, I understand, to, to protect themselves and to feel safe. Yeah. But um, if you really want to meet somebody, um, you need to really be out there, and it's not just being on the websites and the the apps, which you know can be they're a whole different ball game. They're a whole different ball game and a whole different uh, challenge in and of themselves. I think really being out there in life is the best thing, and especially now it's the summer. It's you know it's June. There's so many different things on, and so many different ways to meet people, and so many different networking things that you can go to. I mean, there's book reading, book launches, and there's so, uh, business ne networking events and there's um, wine tastings and there's all sorts of stuff going on all the time you just have to keep your eyes and ears open and just get out there don't sit, a, don't sit at home looking at your four walls and hoping that someone's just going to think of you right and they, they have to be proactive you've got to be proactive absolutely and the best thing that you could do is to really help set up your friends um, a bunch of years ago I actually got a bunch of ladies together that didn't even know one another completely and I had them create a list of nice guys, like, you know, nice guys, I thought, nice guy, not for me, and they went around, they introduced themselves, and they, themselves, you know, they helped set one another up, Wow. and a lot of those ladies are no longer in the single scene anymore, because they were really helpful, and I think that when you do help your friends, 
that's the best way for people to think about you. When you're, when people, you know, people think more kindly of you. They think, wow, that person was so kind to me. I want to pay them back and I want to pay it forward. Pay it forward. Exactly. Fantastic. Yeah. So Mickey, you're doing so many incredible things in Israel and uh, for Olim, for singles. And I really just wish you continued success. I want everybody to go check out. How can they hear your podcast? You could find it either on uh, jewishcoffeehouse.com or check out my website, mickeylavinpel.co.il. And of course, of course, you could always feel free to like my Facebook page, yes, Mickey Lavin Pell. It'll all be um, listed there. Listed, posted in the post, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. So, so drop me you. a line. Yeah, thank you for sitting down with me. My pleasure. And uh, continued success. Thank you. Thank you, Yoni. Back to you. Thank you, Tova, and thank you, Mickey Lavin Pell. Tova Connect, you could find her on Facebook, Tova in Israel. You could go to her website, tovanisrael.com. If you uh, came in halfway through this interview, she'll have it up on Facebook, I know, right away. Tova in Israel, also on Instagram, where you could see plenty of great things from the land of Israel, the beautiful sights and everything uh, that she has going on for her at tovanisrael.com, Tova in Israel on Facebook, Tova in Israel on Instagram. Plenty more coming up here on Bite Size, including the segment that has no name at about 1045, 1050 or so. We'll figure it out, but for now, plenty more music coming up right here on Bite Size at the Nahum Siegel Network.
כולנו מתפללים ומחכים למשיח, רק יגיע קשת, כולנו חברים. כולנו מתפללים ומחכים למשיח, כבר רוצה להגיע, מחכה לחברים.
shamshi mesura al menas likabel pras alti yukey avodi mam shamshi mesura al menas likabel pras alti yukey avodi mam shamshi mesura al menas likabel pras alti yukey avodi mam shamshi mesura Alle menas lekabel pras Lo ya void, lo ya void odom Lo ya void odom espoiro Ela, ela me ahavo Ela me ahavo bilvo Lo ya void, lo ya void odom Lo ya void odom espoiro
Thank you. 
to wrap things up but before we go it's time for the segment that has no name with miriam l wallach to my left a buenos dias shalom is that good morning buenos dias right i, I, I think so i think so because buenos noches is good night right and buenos, buenos tardes is good afternoon yeah yeah that's it that's all i got well then i got it right and you're shalom so hello now in english for exactly. those of you not familiar with what's those other doing languages. Uh, chill, chill, chill. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just want to let you know that on my way in this morning, um, there was a gentleman on the train wearing scrubs. Okay. Is that not normal? No, that's fine. But I have now decided that because since I wear scrubs to sleep, I can now wear pajamas to work. Oh. I know. That's where my brain went. I'm like, why is that okay? Am he's I wearing, to? He's, why not? He's, I'm like, he's wearing pajamas. Noted. He's wearing pajamas. Those have to be so comfortable in the summer. Oh, my God. Those are like... In the winter, it might be a little rough to wear. Well, but... I don't know that I even... I, I don't care if I would have some kind of a shift in the ER. I don't know that right. I would wear those out in the snow. Yeah, definitely not. Probably good idea to change at work. Right, but in the summer, it's awesome. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? You're literally wearing pajamas. No, you're wearing nothing. Gossamer just... pajamas. Right. Uh, wherever you go. And it's like, oh, okay. You know, it used to be that you couldn't wear gym clothes outside of the gym. Oh, everyone wears And now everybody wears gym clothes, and gym clothes are crazy expensive and stupid and whatever, but you wear gym clothes out, sure. Do you have gym clothes? I do. I do. I do. And there's, you know, there are people who have fancy gym clothes, which I don't even understand what that means, but whatever. They're all the same. Right. Well, they're not all the same, but we can argue this another time. Um, But yeah, but now I see this guy wearing scrubs. I'm like, all right, dude, pajama day. Jew? 
Well, good guess, Manhattan guy wearing scrubs. Um, I did not ask him his affiliation. You did not ask him. I did not look at him and say, shalom. <laughs> and see how he responded. <laughs> right. Or ask him if he had a bagel. Right. That's another thing. That's a that term, bageling. You know that. Bageling. Of yeah, course. of course. Of course. Or saying things like really loudly, like, like, what are you making for Shabbos? Yeah, but right. I feel like a bagel in New York, like like non-Jews probably love bagels oh, in New York. God. Like, it's a very popular item. Hello? Well, I mean, I would say this to you, but you don't listen to the traffic report. But when you listen to the traffic report, and it's it's laden with Yiddish, and everyone is expected to just know that that's, you know, oh. <laughs> that that's acceptable. When it says something, I, I mean, I remember... Being uh, listening to, uh, I mean, it's a it's a Yiddish word that you should not say on the air. Okay, whether or not there are FCC regulations. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are not regulated by the FCC, right. um, but we still wouldn't say it. We still would not say it. So, how much more so when they are regulated? When they are regulated, but let's just say that somebody referred to the Van Wick as such. Okay, and I burst out in laughter. Right. Same way I burst out in laughter when they talked about alternate side being suspended for Purim. <laughs> which to me is still one of my favorite things yeah. um but yeah anyway so bagels are totally fine yeah. bagel with a schmear bagel with a schmear i mean uh, there's bagel bosses on like every corner it feels yeah like. and there's everything and they're Forget packed with, with people of all affiliations i one of my favorite um experiences in a bagel store was a number of years ago when a guy walked in it, to a bagel store in the five towns and wanted chicken salad on his bagel Okay. Right. So there's a, right, there's a, <laughs> oh, oopsie daisies kind of a moment where you have to look at them and say, okay, not the way this one works. I think that would taste good. But no, what, okay, I'm not going there. I know, but. The idea of chicken salad in general doesn't do it for me. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, that, uh, that makes sense. Exactly. But, yeah. um, but either way, the fact that his go-to was a bagel to put his chicken salad yeah, on, that's, that's uh, it. That's New York. Well, you know, he probably goes home and tells, I had a chicken salad for, you know, doesn't. Say the fact that it's right. on a bagel, so you know his wife's okay with it. But. We were in a bagel store yesterday, and this guy was very specific about how much of his bagel needed to be scooped out. How he wanted a little oh. bit of butter, he oh. didn't want a lot of butter. It was like it was like really like a yuppie ordering a bagel in a bagel store. And I looked at him afterwards, pulling like a little like Jackie Mason routine. And I wasn't really sure how Nachum was going to respond to me doing this with a total stranger. <laughs> but I looked at him, I go, a little butter, not too much butter, uh-huh. whether this or whatever. So he goes, yeah, they always put on a lot of butter. I'm like, that's because there's a Jewish mother back there. And she's saying, I know how much butter you need. Yeah, You think absolutely. you need that much butter? I'll tell you how much butter you need. <laughs> um, so I was happy, by the way, to hear all about your uh, experience in jury duty. Yeah. Because you know that I was a four-person, um, a four-woman, number of years ago, that I was voir which is the term you're looking for in terms of interviewing potential witnesses. Mm, don't know how I missed that mm-hmm. one. Yeah. It's two words, actually. Okay. Oh. But, uh, yes, I was voir and then we were impaneled for this case, and I was on um, jury duty for four days. Of course, loved, loved every it. minute. Yeah, loved. Absolutely. I'm such a loser. Loved every... How long ago was this? Oh, I was still teaching. I mean, oh, okay. Since, like forever and a year ago. And your your school was just like, nothing you could do about it. Well, I mean, I think that they were concerned that I had been like, ooh, pick me, pick me, pick me, which I don't blame them for, but it's really not what happens. And frankly, that's not what they do. Correct. Right. Like the lawyers don't right. like look at the, the, the group that are sitting there in the gallery and saying, anybody really want to do this? Please raise your hand. Any loser there who really wants to do it, please raise your hand. Um, but they weren't necessarily thrilled. I can't blame them either because I did have classes to teach. But yeah, you know, that's the way it goes. I yeah, you, know, you got to right. serve. Uh, there was actually one story I totally forgot to mention where where the, the the lawyers were presenting the case to everyone, and they're saying, okay, if you know these certain people, 
you're not allowed right to 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 be on this uh jury and one of them was a doctor I'm just going to throw it. It was, it was like Rubenstein or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm getting looks because I'm the keeper of the right. room. I'm like, I don't know. Sorry, right. guys. We're not all... I don't know Dr. Rubenstein. Exactly. We don't all have a secret Odds handshake. Are some, there's, there's probably one degree or two degrees of separation but, max, but right. not me. Right. I'm sorry. He didn't actually teach me bio in high right. school. Right. Well, I thought in the good old days, and I say that loosely, but in the good old days, if you were related to an attorney... Correct. Yeah, they said that. If, yeah. if you know us in any way or whatever. No, no, no. Not one who was working the case, but oh, in any general. Attorney. Correct. I want to say that might have been on my sheet if I like if I maybe had a list if I knew any. I don't even know. Right. And then I tried the, you know, I did the whole, I'm married to an attorney. They're right. like, yeah, you and everyone else in New York <laughs> whose last name is Rubenstein. Right. right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, that, by the way, um, just a public shout out to you for doing a great job at the Celebrate, Celebrate Israel Parade mm. on Sunday. Appreciate it. Um, and then, of course, I love it when YU marches. Because? Be- because you have all the undergrads who are super excited and whatever. Right. And then there are, then they're the graduate schools. Correct. Right. So Wurzweiler marches and then of course the 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 doctors and the lawyers right and i really don't think that any jewish event is complete without a contingent of <laughs> jewish lawyers and jewish doctors thank god the doctors in their scrubs yeah exactly see mm-hmm. again in public in scrubs yeah why can't i wear pajamas there. to the parade they're the most comfortable those a little a little on the chillier side so maybe yes they were a little chilly but yeah but they and they also by the way they just had a scrub top on on top of whatever else they were wearing oh not scrub pants i didn't i, I didn't remember. notice any scrub pants I don't remember. Maybe I have it on the Instagram. I have to check. I do. You're not even wondering, by the way, why I have scrubs? No, not at all. You could almost tell me anything, and at this point, I'm not That's like surprised. True. I'm just like, oh, like, that makes That's sense That's true. For you. I have scrubs from um, from Shari Tzedek. Which, from, from January? No, not from January. For a number of years ago, when Nahum and I first took a tour there of the facility, they gave Nahum a set of scrubs, which was really, really nice of them, and they're like a double extra large. Now, that's just not How does gonna, that work for you? Well, it, it's big on me and not big enough for Nahum. So I kept the pajamas, which, again, are right. not really, they're somebody's work uniform. But, <laughs> um, yeah, but we had people over for Shabbos, and I was walking around in scrubs, and they said Shari Sadek all over them. And they're like, what in God's name? Yeah, this, when we were doing the kosher halftime <laughs> show, when people were using scrubs for whatever, they, they wanted them back. Yes, and I sort of had to inform them that I had two sets of scrubs uh, in Woodmere. <laughs> In case you guys wanted like, those Yeah, back. next year, bring them, please. So did you make any friends in jury duty? You guys sticking together? No. Um, Go out for drinks afterwards? I don't think I befriended anyone. Really? Yoni, that's actually very unlike you. If it was like... You're becoming whole... a New Yorker. No, I was just, you know, I, there were, I you know, I, I kind of like look around and see, okay, who could I be friends with here? And everyone, you know, you got your guys in the suits. I'm like, okay, mm. they're, you know, they probably don't want to be bothered. And I was just, everyone was just kind of like, eh. I was I was probably honestly the youngest person there. Also, really, I, yeah, that is interesting. Well, what's the earliest you could? I don't know. Is it you vote? Yeah, I think it's eighteen. I do. So I don't think that's crazy. I'm twenty five. I I, the, I think there were sixty seven people. They said. I don't know. I still think that that's interesting. I mean, there you know could have it, been someone 24, 23, and I didn't realize, but... Okay, but you know what would have been interesting? If if disqualification included having ever been on a game show. And then you'd have been like, oh, that, that actually would be me. Sorry. Right. I don't know about you, Mr. Suit, but I've been on Wheel of Fortune. And I'm going... Do you know how many times, by the way, my kids watch that clip? The Me on Wheel of Fortune? Yeah. I don't think I've seen it for... 
quite some time. Yeah. They watch that and a whole bunch of annoying, ridiculous videos <laughs> on loop. Oh, they're kids. So it, yes. In my house. In my house. Um, just as a quick recap of the parade, because you and I, yeah. besides my shout out to you just now, how great of a job you did. Um, I know it's not your favorite day of the year. It's up there. Um, with your not favorite days of right. the year. Right. And actually, in our in our notes of our postmortem, yeah. I did the last bullet says, Yoni hates the parade. And <laughs> um, uh, it's not that hate Yoni the hates the parade. There's a lot that goes into it. Right. It's just not the easiest day of working. Right. And um, I was... Um, I was at a wedding the other night. Shout out to the Lowers, Mazal Tov. Mm-hmm. I was at a wedding the other night, and it was the day after the parade. So everybody's like, oh, so how was the parade? How was the parade? How was the parade? I'm like, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm talking to you. I don't know where I am right now. And when you're talking for five hours on the air, it's a really long time. Yeah. Regardless of how fun it is and everything, it's it's five hours. Um. Yes. And it's, by the way, regardless of how fun or how great your co-host is. Right. Amazing, absolutely. Not five hours. It's just yeah. The last two nights I've been going to bed before like eleven, eleven fifteen. Just oh my like God. need my body to recharge. Right. I am. I am wiped. Yeah. It's not even from that day. It's it's a week. You know, a week before. It, yeah. it, it's when you know every, everything. Right. I didn't even tell you. I told you I was having anxiety dreams about the parade. Waking up in the middle yeah. of the night, screaming. Um, who's producing. <laughs> and then Matei Shabbos, I had a dream. I, I mean, I told Nahum about this, and he's like, please don't share this with anybody. So, okay, sorry. Shut sh- 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 your volume Right, here. right, right. Don't tell, <laughs> don't, whatever you do, don't tell Nahum. But Matei Shabbos, I had a dream that the answer to Final Jeopardy was Chaim David Burson. So, and I swear. What was the question? <laughs> I don't even know. But I'm like. That's great. Oh, no, it's not. It's me. I mean, like, I can't even get work out of my brain. <laughs> you should tell him. That's funny. Uh, I, I, yeah, well, I told Nachum, and he was not. He was not. He, he was horrified. That, He's like, funny. "Oh my god, you really need to just, you know, like disconnect." disconnect. I'm yeah. like doing it with my hands right now. I couldn't come. All up right, with the day off tomorrow. Is that we're just? I'm this off. close okay. because at the Lauer wedding, as much as I wanted to be there till the end, I'm like, I can't even function. Right. And then the morning after the Lauer wedding, which mm-hmm. is two mornings after the parade, I overslept an hour. Ooh, right. Which, which you is, probably needed. Which is not good. Right. On all levels. Uh, don't do the whole. I didn't notice. I saw you here bright and early. I appreciate that, but don't do the whole. Oh, your body needed sleep. A whole bunch of yippee. My body's gonna have to get sleep another time. I cannot oversleep in the morning. But to the point where Stephen nudged me, he's like, "Do you know what time it is?" I'm like, "I know how to tell time, Stephen." I just, I couldn't move. So I'm gonna talk to Nachum and see if we maybe should take a day off tomorrow. Oh my God. Long weekend, please, recharge. Please, no one talk please. to anyone. Nobody no Friday talk- conference <gasps> call. Nobody just, talk to anyone. Just. That's it. I'm in for nobody to talk to anyone. And okay. it's not that we don't love each other. It's great. It's a great work environment. But no, Disconnect. I need to not talk to We need a three-day yontif. Minus, minus the cooking and, and all that. The yontif Just, part. Yeah. <laughs> minus, Thank you, Yoni. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, by the way, the words, we need a three-day yontif, have never been spoken, yeah. ever. I like three-day yontif still. I know you do. That's pretty funny of you. Yeah. Anyway, uh, also, you did a fantastic job at the parade. Thank you. And there's a ton that goes into your... I appreciate that. ...lap and... Uh, um, I think we, I mean, every year I, I feel like we say it, but I, this year was awesome. Like it really, it really turned out well. Yeah. And by the way, the response has been great. Yeah. Um, the response really has been great, which is, which is very heartwarming um, and appreciated. And we, and we did it without Jamie this year. We got by. We got by. We got by. It seems, um, you know, we, we, we learn a lot every year. Right. And we never make the same mistakes as the year before. We make our new mistakes. Right. 
um, which I guess is good. Yeah. I mean, I tell we my kids. just find new things to, to mess screw up. up right? right. Yeah, exactly. Um, whatever. You know, it, it, as you continue to grow, there are always growing pains. And certainly this was our biggest production ever. Next year will be flawless. <sighs> okay. Probably not. Okay. I mean, I need to hire another 10 other people. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> anybody listening? Wants to start talking now about working the parade with us next year? Hmm. I'm not even kidding. Shoot us an email. Shoot us an email. If you have skills, please don't email us if you're <laughs> you an attorney. Skills. I don't need any attorneys. We have attorneys. And attorneys- you have skills and scrubs. I got an email. I emailed a friend of mine who's an attorney. We were emailing back and forth, and I just randomly asked him a question. By the way, have you heard about blah, blah, blah? And instead of getting yes or no, I got four sentences Ooh. back. It was like, and then his natural disclaimer, right, but his natural disclaimer comes at the end of his email anyway. So I was like reading this going, I mean, they destroy you in law school because you can't give a straight answer anymore. To which I responded, if you weren't a lawyer, you would have written yes or no. So yeah, uh, bottom line is, if you're an attorney, I don't need your help with the parade. Yeah, we we don't need over use of words. No, and just, we need no, simple, just quick. straight, short sound straight bites. Shooters. Yeah. So if you are a straight shooter and you can take direction, um, yeah, shoot us an email. Whose email? My email. Yours. Oh, okay, Yoni. Yoni at Nakamseagle A hundred percent. Um, and that's really about it. All right. So that was our little jury duty parade wrap yeah. up. We've well, only got a few more weeks of the show left. So Right. We're going on hiatus. Yeah, a little and hiatus. we're going to Israel. I mean, that's in forever from now. And it's really not. I know. We're going to Israel in the seven weeks, tomorrow. six weeks. The parade. I, I oh, my God. Are you kidding me? I'm, or do you know that last night's uh, anxiety dream? You know what it was about? <laughs> I, I, every single night. When you Something ask me, Israel? when you ask me how my sleep is going, right. and I think it's because either I look terrible no, or whatever, not. I don't know why you think that because I'm paranoid. Yeah, um, I have not slept through, and I don't know how long. If I don't take two Advil PM, I'm a goner. Yesterday was the first night I think I slept till my alarm in probably two weeks. I can't even. But my anxiety dream last night, you'll, you're going to vomit. You're going to cut my mic after the when I tell you this. Go, kosher halftime show. <laughs> Which is six months away. I don't even know. Is it even on our board? No. And it's stressing me out that it's not on our board. It's stressing me out that I haven't worked out the sponsorship yet, and that we haven't finalized the idea. The whole okay. thing is stressing Disconnect me out. Disconnect for three days. I know. I know. Now I'm going to say it. I need a three-day antif. There we go. Okay. Thank you, Yoni. All right. Well, thank you for joining me here. I'm totally stressed now. And uh, I'm opening a bottle it's, of wine. It's up to Avrami to lighten up the mood a little now, and we're going to let him kind of- We should tell him that. Yeah. It should be like, Avrami, just in case you're, right, no you're, mellow you're music. yourself. I, I, I need you to pick up pick up the people here yeah, because no, Miriam has them down. Right. I've just destroyed everybody. Sorry, guys. That's right. Thank you. Yeah. No. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll do it for us here at Bite Size on the Nakam Seal Network. Thank you for tuning in for the last two hours. Like I just said, Avrami's live launch with the fastest, most up-paced and, and upbeat and this and that music possible. Avrami, please, please, please help us all out. His live launch coming up from 11 to 1, and then plenty more music on the stream the rest of the day. Thursday, we have our pack schedule. By the way, I, I, I didn't mention this in the opening, but I did want to mention it now before we go. Avrami, Avrami, hold on one second. I just need to announce this. The Jewish Heritage Night for the Brooklyn Cyclones is June 19th. That is a Tuesday, two weeks from now. If you are looking for something fun to do with your kids or just you and your significant other, whatever it is, you and your friends, you and your roommates, you and whoever This is a fun night to go out. Brooklyn Cyclones, I know it's not Major League Baseball, but I'm telling you, if you haven't been to a minor league game yet, you have to because the entertainment at these games is second to none. You know, where on a Major League Baseball field, you're excited about the competition or whatever. 
minor league stadiums and minor league teams and staffs they've done a great job of of keeping all the fans enthused and 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 entertained because they what even throughout whether it's when the game is going on or just during the breaks I'm telling you there's a lot of fun and a lot of creativity done uh, by the staff there and uh, it's the same thing could be said about the Brooklyn Cyclones so Jewish Heritage Night June 19th go out celebrate with all your fellow Jews I guess for Jewish Heritage Night June 19th brooklyncyclones.com for more information, we've been posting about it on our Instagram page and Twitter and Facebook, so you can check it out there as well. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in for the last two hours here with me on Bite Size. Again, of Rami's live lunch coming up now. <sighs> Folks, I'd like to wish you all a fantastic, beautiful Wednesday and remind you that the Bite Size is always, always, always the right size.